I would lie. All right. What's up, man? Am I, introdu- am I doing the introduction today? Yeah, it's your, it's your turn this week. It's my turn, all right. Welcome to the Tin and Ons podcast, Medicine and Culture, where we talk about things that have happened over the week, for the past two weeks, catching up with each other, and then maybe give you guys some educational facts in, in medicine. Yeah. How are, you, are you excited? This is our fourth episode. How do you feel? I'm excited. Hasn't, hasn't burned out yet. So <laughs> something, It's something that I look forward to every week, man. That's good. That's what... That's what I told you from the very beginning. As long as we are having fun, as long as we look forward to it, I think it'll be good. Dang. Yeah. So you back home? Did now? I tell you? Yeah, I am back home. See, nice. look at this. Look at my lounge. Yeah. You know, I feel more relaxed here. I, I can see the Wi-Fi quality is better too. Wait, really? <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, you don't look like you like a potato anymore. <laughs> I also have the ring light. Oh, do you? How do you have the ring light? Why? She has the ring light. Because when she was doing her interviews, remember? Oh, I thought she was. I thought she borrowed it. I thought she borrowed the domes for those. No, no, she wanted her own. Nice, that's good. Yeah. You ready? um, Oh, dude, did I tell you? um, Some of the medical students that I was, uh, that's on my team, they're asking me about (laughs) my podcast because I I told them a little bit about it. And they're like, dude, send us the link. We want to listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> I still haven't gotten over the fact that we actually have a podcast. I'm still a little shy, you know, about sending it. Yeah. But I but I told them, I was like, oh, yeah, when I get home, I'll, I'll send you guys the link. Basically, yeah. when I never see them again. <laughs> <laughs> then, then they can't judge you. Or they will, but you, <laughs> but, but, but you don't have to know about it. Exactly. You know. <laughs> but it's cool. It's cool. Yeah, I think I'm excited. it's uh, it's something that I wish I had. Not starting a podcast, but just like start something, like start a YouTube channel, start an Instagram page, or because I remember back in high school, or, like college and stuff, you you always kind of worry about what people's gonna say, like all your friends and like people that you know. Um, but I wish I had just started like way back then when I was like younger, when, like high school, like because I wanted to do those things like back then already, and just kind of. You don't have to just start like a totally public channel, but you know, don't add your friends and family members in there. Just like do your own things and just start brand new and get like a brand new audience, you know, so that yeah. you don't have to worry about catering to all like what my friends are saying. And then that the, that same mentality too. It's like, oh yeah, don't worry about what your friends and like family's gonna think. Cause I remember back then I was like, oh yeah, like I put this out, my friends gonna think I'm like this way and this is what I think and. It's, I, I always felt like really weird about it that's why I never kind of like started early so mm. that's something I, I would you know advise if anyone you guys who listen to this and just want to start something like social media or mm-hmm. like a study page or like a YouTube channel dedicated to studying something just do it um, and stick with it don't worry about what people's gonna think cause, yeah. you know I'm pretty sure like none of my friends our friends maybe like a few but like probably even like listen to our podcast and most of the audience that watch my youtube videos anyways not even people that i know you know like other subscribers i have it's just like literally strangers who just find my videos useful so that's something that i didn't realize until i actually started doing things so you right. guys you know people have fear about doing those things just go ahead go for it and do it yes like me yeah, <laughs> like don't like you. You you kind of worry about what's gonna happen, what's yeah. gonna thing, you know. 
Very cool. I'm learning from you. You got this is a great way to express your your feelings and your, your beliefs and things like that. You know, it's it's the we have this privilege in America to kind of have freedom of speech, freedom of speech or whatever we want, yeah. you know. And also, it really does just build your own character as well. So I, I, I really like this. This is my first time doing this. So yeah, um, do, you, do you see the quote that I posted uh, on Instagram? No, see, I still need to. Have oh, you, you're not. You're not really active on Instagram. But yeah, I pretty much posted a quote. It's uh, Jordan Peterson said, "Like when you need to organize your thoughts, you know, like." That's why I think journaling, I try to like start journaling and stuff. People who journal, you can just like, at the end of the day, it's the same thing with when you're studying and stuff, you know, you like taking all these facts and then you gotta sit down, you synthesize all these facts and come up with like a, like a flow chart or some kind of table to kind of help you organize all these facts, how you remember things. Same thing with your daily life, like anything that you learn throughout the day, not, not like medical stuff, just you need to. And like a form of talking, like you need to talk to people. That's what Jordan Peterson said. You need to talk to people, like talk to your friends, talk to strangers, whatever about these things. Cause that's every time you talk, that's how you organize things. And that's why I, that's why I've noticed it's like, you know, like I have like I think I have all these great ideas, and then when I actually sit down and talk to like you or Daniel about it, I'm like, oh wait, there's so many holes, and like there's so many things that I actually don't understand, and it's like all these other perspective too that I didn't really think about to like synthesize and then once you hear those things you can start synthesizing information and come with like a brand new idea so yeah. like, that's what i noticed yeah you like just taking in things and like coming you, you need to organize all the thing and i think that's a great way that's how that's why you gotta talk to people and every time you talk that's how you organize your thoughts yeah it's like you have this idea or this this thing that you learn but it's not yet refined unless right. you like talk it to other people have other perspective they kind of just change it a little bit and you and then eventually you'll have this you know amazing piece of art something that you can put in your long-term memory and then you know just learn something new so i think that's awesome speaking of that so let's let's get into the uh the meat of things i like to update on on the stories that we did last week so about Johnny Depp yeah. and, and, and Amber Heard, <laughs> I want I want you to tell me about it because this is your story. I I try to read up on more about it, but nah, let's let's have Tim tell me because <laughs> it's better coming from you. So what happened? Well, so like What's more information happened? I found was just so <laughs> they got a divorce right after that incident that happened uh, okay. after Johnny Depp. So the first case that he went through it was actually in British. Uh, in uh, in England because the tabloid that posted the uh, article that, that Amber Heard wrote was uh, a British tabloid magazine. So his first case was against the ta- the Sun in mm-hmm. uh, Great Britain, and it was it was uh, I I think it was either a civil case. I think it was a civil case. So apparently, there's like different when you go to like like civil case versus like domestic cases and stuff there's like different levels of expectations and different levels of uh criteria that you gotta meet for someone to be guilty right mm-hmm. so for his case this first case with this a civil case so it he needed way more proof to uh say that the son was liable for damage to his reputations and all this stuff so it was just kind of uh, more strict 
criteria to make the son liable and guilty. So that's why they got like a not guilty verdict. But this case with Amber Heard right now is actually it's not a civil case actually. So it's actually in the U.S. and it's actually um, like a domestic case or something like you know like husband and wife thing like more personal. It's not between yeah. him and like a, a tabloid magazine. So it's it's more like a domestic case. And you know, as we know, like usually domestic cases are usually kind of favor the the woman side, mm-hmm. uh, just based mm-hmm. on record. Um, most of the uh, children's custody goes to the woman, and uh, settling is usually goes toward the woman that favors the woman. Um, and there's a reason for that, um, and I don't have a problem with that. Uh, I think in most cases it can be correct. Um, yeah, so that's why the hurdle that he has, uh, Johnny Depp has in this case. But from everything that's like going through, man, like. Uh, this like clips and they still like literally it's like a whole day affair with these i never realized how time consuming how like yeah energy draining it is you literally just sit there the whole day and you literally just talk just ask, like answer questions that people ask you or literally the whole day and yeah but it's, it's still going on um and i've just been seeing like really funny edits of i don't know you've seen those clips of like johnny Depp, but he's just straight up like being jack sparrow on the stand Captain Jack Sparrow, right? Uh, it's, it's pretty funny. Uh, so funny. But yeah, it's like some of the audio that came out um, recording of Amber Heard saying stuff to Johnny. It's not looking good for him. Man. Oh, dude, I was I was shocked at some of the audio recording. Yeah. Did you hear about what she said? Like, oh, I like stop being a baby. Like, you're such a baby. You know, I didn't hit you. I didn't punch you or something. Yeah. I'm like. <laughs> and that's and I don't know. And and that's like always the case is like when like you know, you tell your friends like, dude, like my girlfriend hit me or something and they're like, dude, she's like a girl or something, like you know, how bad can it be? Usually the mentality is like that, right? Like like for guys at least, if if you like like, you know, Daniel come up to me and be like, Hey dude, I was like hit by I was punched in the face by a girl and I'm like, Okay, like if she you know, you did not have a broken nose or anything. We just kinda of brush it off because we just kinda of assume it's you know, um for like men doesn't usually get assaulted by women and even if it does it's not really damaging which is yeah. which is kind of true um because yeah. you know from this book that i'm reading is called why men behave badly and it's actually so domestic cases the like domestic violence happen pretty much the same rate between both sexes okay so like women and men commit domestic violence pretty much at the same rate they're both just as aggressive as each other the problem is that when men commit their domestic violence it's way more damaging than when a woman does it like just imagine like a 200 pound dude mm. like punching you like a 140 pound woman in the face <laughs> versus like oh, a 150 pound woman punching like a 180 pound dude in the face it's gonna be difference in damage so even while the the attitude toward domestic violence is the same and the tendency toward domestic violence is the same, usually for cases get reported when it's really bad, right? Like usually the woman would have to be taken to the hospital and all this stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. So so there is truth in that sense. Right. But I think the misconception that people have, which I used to have this too, is that oh yeah, most domestic violence is perpetrated by men, which is not true, based on statistic. It just the one that get reported and shows the most violence is by men because of the difference right. in biological uh, sex. So I, I, yeah. that's a good misconception that I kind of learned about recently. 
No, it's good that you brought that up because I, I wanted to uh, clarify some, something I said last podcast. It's been pointed out to me. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't mean to say that every domestic violence case, um, every single one, okay, I didn't say that both parties have a, have a role in it. I understand that, you know, um, when, when, when there's, there's abuse that's going on and the woman speaks up, I'm not saying that the woman's fault. She did something wrong. Okay. Like, no, that's not the case. I'm just saying that when we take a step back and try to look at both parties, you know, that's what the judge would do, right? Just to see what had happened. But usually, you know, the woman is right and the man is wrong. Okay. But I'm just saying that if we want to just get the full story, we should see both sides just in case. Cause there are other cases where the woman did something wrong, you know, like in Amber Heard's part. <laughs> so I just wanted to clarify that not every single case. Okay. Well, I'm going <laughs> to say that when you, it's, you just said that usually the woman, <laughs> you know, is like exonerated one of the men. So that's, I don't think that's true under Cause like what I said, it's 50, 50, but, um, I'm going to say that, not every case is the same so like yeah some cases where like just be one victim the whole time like even mm-hmm. though they didn't do anything i think that's what you're trying to say is even though they didn't do yeah. anything they're just a victim yeah and right. that's true there, there, I'm, I'm sure there are cases like that uh but the whole thing that we're trying to say i think that you were trying to say is you know um you gotta hear stories from both sides and usually you know this is the same case with everything in life usually it takes like, it will, you know, like, uh, you know, someone just keep egging you on and like nagging at you or like, uh, screaming at you every day when you get home. That, that's gonna build up something in you, even though you never react to it. And then one day it snapped, you know, the last straw that broke the camel back and it snapped and it happened. And then, mm-hmm. you know, um, the spouse get punched in the face or something or, uh, get shot. And then now it's that guy's fault while they don't really consider everything that circumstances built up to that like there could have been a, a whole year like years of not physical abuse but you know this such thing as like uh psychological abuse like putting putting right, the guy right. down like saying he's not good enough or uh in amber Heard's case you know defecating on his bed have you, you remember seeing that yeah i heard about yeah yeah like like that's that's psychological abuse um right. so we are taken to all those uh, all those things and i yeah, so yeah, just to pick, just to piggyback on that. So like, what I mean, yeah, you you explained it better than I did. But, um, but first of all, like I know the it usually ends with like the man doing something that doesn't equate to, you know, what well, he went se- through. I, I seemingly think, I think, doesn't equate to. Yeah, it's seemingly yeah, because it's something physically that he did, and then he's trying to when we look back into it like he was like psychologically emotionally emotional damage you know yeah um but people don't see it that way because what he committed of course that was wrong like he killed somebody or like he literally you know punched her in the face or something whatever yeah that's does not eat at that moment it doesn't equate to the, the, the emotional damage and stuff that he went through or physical or, or emotional abuse um but so that's what I want to say. Like, if we do just kind of look into like the full story and like 
being if both parties have been honest which like the whole time then we would really see the whole story and like okay so this is how it led to this you know um so yeah i feel like that's how most cases are <laughs> yeah yeah um so dang i really want to know what's gonna happen to this case i hope johnny depp is just gonna rise from this like a phoenix yeah, right. I think, yeah, I think from what I've been seeing, like over the internet and stuff, is any any result that come out and happen. I think most of the people's kind of at least see the toxicity of Amber Heard now and kind of feel for uh, Johnny Depp. So let's say even if he did lose a case and Amber Heard wasn't convicted or something, at least in the court of public opinion, I think Johnny Depp mm-hmm. kind of you know has yeah. it. Over I mean, the, and I just want to clarify, we're not like trying to be like man versus woman right here, okay? Right. <laughs> like that's not the case okay yeah i think no the whole point that i brought this up over time is just um trying to point out the fact that we kind of swinging back the other way where the me too movement was kind of swinging too far you know mm-hmm. towards its favor where we just kind of like believe a woman or like believe our victims yeah. and it's kind of swinging back the other way now where we're like you know what let's not do that and let's not jump to conclusion right away and uh before we publicly condemn someone have some facts and evidence presented that can be uh, verified before we yeah. say anything, before we jump to conclusion. So, th- which is a good mm-hmm. thing, I feel like. Yeah, I think there's like another case. I I didn't really follow up on it. I want to see if you knew about it. It was like this, like OnlyFans girl. She was found like with bloody like shirt. And, like, I heard about this. And like she like stabbed her boyfriend and stuff. Yeah. Her, uh, I think her. Uh, and she she bailed out, right? And like she was like was in found, was in like, Florida or something, and then like, yeah, yeah. she stabbed her like black Nigerian boyfriend. Uh huh. Yeah. I kind of heard, but I, I don't really know the whole situation. But yeah, I, she wasn't arrested at the time because they they think it was self defense. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. So like, I don't think she got bailed out or anything. Just she wasn't arrested. Oh, they didn't have evidence. Yeah. They didn't have evidence to convict her of anything. Right. It was just so that's what I'm saying. Like self defense. In this case, like obviously, initially, you, like I would think, like oh my gosh, she just killed the boyfriend. She's at fault, you know. Like I'm already condemning her. I'm jumping to conclusion. But like, for all we know, she could have. It could have been self defense, you know. So like, it's like we don't know the full story. So I'm not like always on the guy side. Like for her, I I thought that she did get attacked. But I don't really know what actually happened. But initially, I'm like, damn, she, you know, she fought back and. You know, so I, I don't know. I will, I'll try to follow up on that story, but <laughs> it's kind of scary. Yeah. Well, yeah. did you see the clip of Mike Mike Tyson punching some dude in the airplane? Yeah, dude. That guy. Should, that guy that got punched should go into boxing because he he survived. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think, I don't think Mike Tyson is trying to like kill him, but you yeah, sure, it's, man? It's, it's essentially like from the clip, it was literally this guy. It looks like first class too, probably. Um, the with yeah. the seats and stuff. So this guy was recording another guy sitting sure. behind Mike Tyson, and this guy was just, man, he seemed like such a, I, I think he sounded like you know drunk, and he was just like, I'm not like, rapping to Mike Tyson, kind of like getting up in his face. In face so yeah. he's sitting right behind Mike Tyson, and Mike Tyson was with his back to him, so he was just kind of leaning over to the seat and like saying stuff, and 
kind of like bothering him the whole time from what the video is showing and his the friend recording it was just kind of laughing and so mm-hmm. i'm just like i don't feel bad for this guy that get punched in the face <laughs> repeatedly <laughs> Um, yeah. Like, why are you annoying people and getting in public? And I, I'm sure Mike Tyson, I don't know, probably told him to stop at least once before mm-hmm. he just turned around and wailed on him. But I don't know. It, what do you think? Have you seen it? I think he, I, yeah, I've seen it. I, I think he was drunk, I think. Or he was on something because he kept bothering Mike Tyson over and over again. He wouldn't stop. I think he took a selfie with him or something from what I read. Yeah. Like, Mike Tyson actually, like, took a selfie with him or whatever and was pretty chill about it. Yeah. But then he just got super annoying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was so, bleeding. He was bleeding. A little bit. Did you see? A little bit, right? I'm like, damn, dude, Mike Tyson still got it. Dude, getting punched by Mike Tyson. <laughs> well, I'm, sure he, I'm sure he wasn't blocking correctly. <laughs> but, yeah, man, like, celebrities are humans, too. Like, don't be don't be disrespectful and to other people. Like, you're going to get punched in the face. No, it's true, dude. I, I um, I went to UCI, right? So and you know, like when Kobe Bryant, oh, RIP to Kobe, but he would like hang out around UCI and like the uh, the town center, you know, where where like all like the desserts and places are, like the Golden Spoon. It's a nice yogurt ice cream place. He would go there with his family, and I actually saw him once with his family at Golden Spoon. And initially, I was like, I want to approach to him, like, to say hi, like, get an autograph. But I'm like, dude, this <laughs> he's with his family, you know? Like, this yeah. is going to be so awkward just going up to him. And, and I don't see anyone else doing it. So I'm like, dude, I think, yeah, like, they're humans, too. Like, he's out with his family just having, you know, some dessert. Like, the last thing they would want is just to have somebody, you know, ruin their family, you know, bonding time. Just, like. Oh, can you take a picture or autograph, you know? So I was like... Yeah, I mean, at least you have some sense. But a lot of people, just because... (laughs) I feel like because they're celebrities, that they feel like they're entitled to do that to celebrities because they're like, oh, yeah, I'm your biggest fan or whatever. Or, like, I pay money to see you play. And, and like, Mm -hmm. it's like an opportunity once in a lifetime. So they just kind of disregard all those common sense and, like, common social norms, uh, respects and stuff. And just... There's people like that, and it's it's weird. It's like a sense of yeah. entitlement that I've never really felt. Um, you know, like either, <laughs> like oh, I invested so much time like following you, like I respond to all your posts, and I buy all your movie tickets, I buy all your like concert tickets, so I, I have the rights to, get in your space and get a picture with you or something. So, yeah, it's strange. I went through a phase where I was looking up videos of. Korean pop stars? No, no, not Korean pop stars, but like just celebrities in general getting annoyed at fans. Oh, okay. <laughs> and Tobey yeah. Maguire is one of the. <laughs> he's one of the worst. Huh? <laughs> he's one of the worst. Yeah. Dude, like, I mean, I don't. I totally don't blame them. Man. I'm like, imagine every day going through that stuff, and everybody just you know you're just trying to go out and walk your dog, and everyone just coming up to you, bothering you, disrupting your life. Yeah, it's the worst. It is. Yeah, man. Damn, what else did I see today? Dude, did you hear the news? Yeah, where 
in Stockton, there was like this teenager. She got like stabbed, like multiple times, like right outside of her school by like some homeless man. Outside your school? Like outside, like the school a near school? Um, oh, okay. Stockton. Yeah, yeah, where I was doing my rotation. Um, it's all over the news. Was it? Was it that Asian girl? Yeah. And she had think... a massive transfusion inside our hospital. Oh, like, wow. I remember hearing a massive transfusion. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was all over the news. And the guy actually got caught and everything. Um, but, yeah, I remember that day we were, like, rounding and we just hear massive transfusion. And then, like, I it was, like, on the news. Like, like you know how patients' room, they have, like, a TV? Like, that was playing on the news. Oh, wow. Like, oh, a teenager got stabbed. And, like, the <laughs> people... Um, but anyways, like I was, I was just so shocked. I was like, "Wait, wh- why? Like this happened in the middle of the day, daylight time, you know? And why did a homeless man stab like a teenage girl? And like, it was just, and then he he just got caught right there and there. It just seemed kind of suspicious, you know? You, you think and it's I like know a hit? Stockton isn't like, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like someone Stockton someone put a hit out on him. place, <laughs> maybe. But anyways, two or three days later, I was, I was in the nurses' station, you know, doing med student stuff, faxing, you know, records, and, stuff. and I overheard the nurses talking. They're like, "Dude, the girl, she ditched, she ditched school to throw rocks at the homeless camp oh. with her friends." Oh my god! And I was like, "Wait, really? Like this is out? Like yeah, they fi- they found out that there was a group of kids just ditching school to like harass homeless people." And then they got chased by one of the one of the homeless guys, and she fell, and she was the one that got stabbed. stabbed. And then let that kind of completes the story. I was like, wow, that. I mean, it doesn't equate to her dying and being stabbed. But she like, died. Still, that's, yeah, she died. Oh, shoot. Well, they did it. Yeah. So, um, that's just crazy. Karma. And then I was thinking, wait. You know, my brain is weird. I'm like, is is this a TikTok trend? <laughs> like throw rocks like, at kids. Dude, kids, be, man. You, you know, kids like filming them like throwing rocks at homeless people. Like, I feel like that could totally be a trend and that going on. And I was just like, things just going in my head. I'm like, and then, you know, Ashley, one of our friends, she she uh, she gave us like a story of like this TikTok trend, like people shooting pellet guns at people walking by. Have you did you did you read that one? I remember, was it, was it, was that what it was? Yeah. So, like, dude, I, I honestly think, where am I going with this? I think TikTok is so toxic, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Especially for the younger generation. I think, um, they're, it, it's poison. It's, like, totally changing the behaviors of our younger generation um that is harming you know um like the trends they don't see any consequences with that they just think it's just something cool to do to get more you know clout and views but they don't see the repercussions yeah i mean because every every views that they get kind of increase the dopamine it increases dopamine it kind of gives them that feedback like oh this is it them. yeah so th- 
you know, the whole concept of evolution, right? Is <laughs> like we we do something that gets dopamine, you know, like it 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 gives us the feedback like this is something good, this is what I'm supposed to do because I'm getting rewarded, you know? So like I feel like our human species is devolving <laughs> because of TikTok. That is what I think is happening. It's it's horrible. It's you hear, horrible. You know, like the whole You hear about how So the theory is that I think I heard this by Andrew Schultz, he's one of the comedian, but the theory is that so in China, you know, like they have TikTok in China and in order to get trending, you don't get trending by doing stupid stuff. So all the videos that get you trends, it's like doing sciencey stuff, doing like experiments, um, doing mm-hmm. academic stuff. And those are the stuff that you do that will, that, that will put you to the front page, you know, uh, that will help you. Uh, uh, so the algorithm will put you to the front page and get you more exposure. You do all these things and like showing that you like studying really well or something. So the theory is that, <laughs> so, uh, because TikTok is owned by like a Chinese company, so the theory is that TikTok is promoting all these you know stupid stuff in the U.S. in the Western culture um, and making <laughs> so all these kids are like, oh, you know, if I wanna get a lot of views and get big on TikTok and I do these stupid oh dances and these stupid cranks, they, so they start promoting <laughs> those things, and then you're like, you know, I'm, if I do these things really stupid. And being stupid, then I get a lot of views and likes, and I get all these dopamine hits, and I'll be famous. Versus in China, where they promoting kids, kind of like, oh. oh, if I study really hard and I get into prestigious university, if I do these science experiments, I'm gonna blow up on TikTok, and then that's gonna change what the kids gonna be doing, because in, in, China, in order well, to yeah. get, oh my and God. then you know China would ban, you know, you make like stupid, stupid videos. <laughs> I like you know criminalize you or something like uh dude the worst trend that i saw was when kids were stealing stuff from school oh yeah i forgot Devious what it was called Licks. yeah Devious Licks. yes yeah. yeah and then just like literally stealing like literally committing crime videoing it on your personal profile like <laughs> how stupid do you have to be to do that stuff <laughs> um but yeah i think that's the theory that i heard and i was like dude you know what like i wouldn't be surprised if that was true that's crazy, man. My mind is blown. I really—you never heard that theory really before? Believe, no, but okay. I really believe it now. <laughs> it's so crazy. It makes sense, though, right? It's like because you're always kind of like watching these things. You're like, how did how are these on like the trending page of YouTube and trending page of TikToks and like it's the stupidest stuff, and you just don't understand. Oh my goodness, that's crazy, dude. So I'm. China is like totally changing how American kids are acting. Like literally, they could get American kids to kill each other and kill their parents or something. Yeah, they they can just like like those uh what what those crate challenge where people get like puncture like hemothorax and like stuff. Remember those? What? Remember there's a trend on TikTok where they stack up milk. Okay, I think with the milk carn challenge where they stack up like milk carns. Uh huh. I've never seen that. And then they, then you gotta try to walk across it, and they stack up really high, probably like ten, twelve feet, dude. Yeah. Oh my god. And then like walk up, and then like walk down when I'm falling, and it's because milk carton is kind of like really swaying oh. and stuff. So like, people would fall from like you know eight, ten feet high, like land on one of those carton, just like I, uh, oh I think when god. I was doing my uh, rotation, you know, there was like a bunch during the trend, there was a bunch of people going to the ER with um, like collapsed lungs <laughs> and like uh, puncture lungs and stuff. That's, That's how you die. crazy. Yeah. 
Oh my god. I'm surprised you didn't hear that one. No. There's just so many, dude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah then you can so ask yourself, I... like, who, who came up with these trends in the first place? Right? I mean, I'm sure no, you're a stupid kid, but then, like, who, who, who pushes the, the agenda? Yeah. So. It's the algorithm, and, and like you said, China. Yeah. So the algorithm is like, oh, you know, this looked really, you know, like a good way to get people killed, so let's push it. <laughs> I really can somebody investigate this? Whoever's listening, please investigate. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna know. Oh my god. Let's see. So I found oh, this red thread um on medical school on the subreddit and it was uh someone was asking for what's the craziest reasons uh medical students have been kicked out of class. Yeah. Ooh. And just to read a few for you here. Yeah. So there was there was a so someone said so there's a guy who had in a class who had a girlfriend back home in the state. So I'm guessing this might be a creamy man, you know, like SGU or something. Uh, <laughs> so he had a girlfriend back in state, but he was uh, single on the island. So uh, his name, let's say, let's call him uh, uh, Rahul, and Rahul ended up dating and hooking up with some girl in class. Let's call her uh, Mary. And the girl back Raul, home was Raul and Mary, okay. Raul and Mary, the his, his girlfriend back home named Brittany. Okay. Uh, but Mary doesn't know that uh, Rahul have a girlfriend back home, so uh, and he said he was completely single when he's on the island. So then Mary ended up posting some pictures of uh, her and Rahul on on Instagram, and then his girlfriend back home, Brittany, saw the pictures and messaged Rahul, and uh, she also messaged Mary, the. And then Mary's like, well, I didn't know I, like, he had a girlfriend back home. So then <laughs> when he got home with Brittany, um, so Mary broke up with Rahul after she found out. Uh, and then on the island, worst got out that he was cheating and he was a scumbag and his reputation's trash. And people were like, like didn't really talk to him, kind of like shunned him. And he, so Rahul came back home to talk to uh, his Brittany, his his previous girlfriend, to clear things out, but it found they found out he ended up beating her, um, bruises to the face and a black eye. Um, her parents found out and called the cops, and so Rahul was charged with assault, and then he got expelled from the school. <laughs> Dude, that's insane. Yeah. Okay, first of all, this guy shouldn't shouldn't be a doctor, anyways. <laughs> If he has that kind of split personality like that, you know. No integrity? Yeah. That's crazy. So it's a good thing that he got expelled, but dang, man. But I can I can see why, you know, when you're long distance, you're in place, you know, new to you, um, and you're stressed because of med- medical school and like you're studying and then you're probably studying with like a group and then you you know you start liking someone else i can see how that could happen yeah but this guy came but, in uh, saying that he was single the whole time so he, he already <laughs> he was ready for ready. a new thing he's like oh That's new island idea. you know we separate by the was it the atlantic ocean so oh my god okay so not medical school intern year and this guy got arrested by the FBI a few months into intern year because it turns out he was a pedophile and while in medical school he has sex with a girl nearly 10 years younger than him so he's still in prison <laughs> what the heck 
Wait, what specialty did he get into? <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't say. It just know he's an intern year. So I'm just saying. Pediatrics. Oh my god. Med school. You know, I was like, what average age for med school is like what, 25, 26? Yeah. That's kind of late, yeah. right? You know, we're, we're getting, let's, let's add a few years on, so like 25, 26. So he was like 26, uh, having a sexual relationship with a 16 years old, 15, 16. 16. Yeah. So, statutory rape. Damn. This is not looking good for medical students, man. It's not, dude. I'm telling you, man. Like, <laughs> some, some, you'd be surprised how many weird people get through the process and and end up being medical students. Yeah, you know, we know we know quite a few weird ones when we're on the island too. <laughs> oh, there's one that I know. Not 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 that I know, but um, you heard of? I heard of. Okay, so he, I heard from his roommate. Okay. <laughs> Um, I don't want to say names or anything, but he said that every night this guy would come back like super wired because he's been like snorting cocaine the whole night, you know? Was it a med student? And like, yes, yeah, he's a med student. And he would, he would come home after like partying all night at like 3 a.m making a ruckus so like the guy that told me the story like he he was never able to study or even sleep and he would the guy would come home tell like these wild stories like oh i was like with five girls in the same bed and we're just having like orgies and all this stuff just doing drugs and and he's just like wait this this gotta be fake you know but it's not and then he shows like how much money he has. He's always talking, saying like, I, I'm a millionaire and stuff. And it's true. So apparently his parents are like multimillionaires and they, they said that they will give him money or like they'll put him on his, their will or whatever, as long as he finishes medical school. So he was like, okay, fine. I just go to, you know, SGU or whatever, the Caribbean school. And then I'm just like, do whatever I want, just party, you know. He actually is very, very smart. Like he, he doesn't have need to study, and he'll just like barely pass. Yeah. But that's all he needs, right? So this whole time he's just partying, and then he's saying all these things like, "Oh yeah, like I have millions of dollars and all these stuff. Like I, I, you know, I can buy anything I want and stuff." And then the guy that told me the story was like, "Dude, I couldn't study and stuff, so I had to like report him." to the school this was during like on the island or yeah they're on uh, the island but he was doing he was cocaine and having orgies while on the island yeah yeah dang and just like doing all these drugs and stuff how <laughs> while still passing on his test <laughs> yeah the guy told, didn't tell me the name and everything but yeah he um but he's like he couldn't take it anymore he he went and to like the, uh, I don't know the, whoever does the management and stuff. I don't know. He says that yeah, I can't. I'm this roommate, I need to. I need to move. Like, I can't do any of my studies or anything. But he was stuck. He was like, I don't know if I should report that he's doing drugs or anything because I know that'll kick him out. You know, he's trying to be all nice. I'm like, dude, just this guy does not belong here. Like, I would have just told them the story and like just have some evidence, a video or something. Yeah, but uh, eventually, they're like, "No, we can't, we can't change you. Like, there's no opening 
room that you can go to and so it sucked for a while but then eventually somebody found out his situation and and helped out he's like okay dude just like get all your stuff packed like i'll move you the next day like nice so um, fortunately, yeah, they, he was able to get out of that situation. But I'm like, dude, who's this guy? <laughs> probably still uh, practicing. Huh? I mean, probably still doing rotation and stuff. Who knows? Yeah, because that was the only um, thing that he, he promised the parents. He, he said that he just needs to get this MD degree and then they'll get off his back, you know. Some people are just privileged, you know. Some people are just or winning in life without trying which is unfair but <laughs> yeah dude a lot of medical students out there that don't belong um it's kind of scary yeah. and some practicing physicians too did you hear oh you already I, I i told you about dr death right yeah that's a good podcast sounds like something dr death will do yes you guys should listen to dr death you guys have a chance it's an amazing podcast now they have a tv show on peacock you if you sign up with peacock you get three episodes free we're not uh sponsored by peacock anyway but <laughs> not yet <laughs> not yet <laughs> but yeah um, i wanted to follow up on the story i didn't about this uh, the gay frogs Remember I mentioned that last time, but like yeah. I didn't do a good job because I forgot everything. So the chemicals atrazine, it's a pesticide. Have you heard of atrazine? Atrazine. Atrazine. Astrazine? No, I don't think so. Atrazine. Yeah. So that's the chemical, okay? And so it's just like a pesticide. And I, I looked it up more because I wanted to tell you they it actually does it's a chemical castration that's the term and it does that to frogs so it literally just changes their whole uh sexual anatomy from male to female dude that's crazy it is like confirmed by multiple studies um but then the company that makes atrazine they've been trying to suppress all those studies you know like when someone like releases a study like a, a trial and then like people try to replicate it just to confirm if it works so like all those replication uh, uh trials like it all confirmed it but then the atrazine is like trying to just like i don't know how they're doing it but they're trying to suppress that data so people don't know um and then now people are people are trying to think like does this have any effect on humans like is this why my kids are turning gay and stuff like that it's pretty crazy dude um but i don't know where it's at right now i don't know if the company is still in business or whatever but um that's pretty crazy yeah now is it turning the frog gay after they have their male sexual partner and they just turn yeah. to female parts yeah so like the, oh they're just the born with like an xy gene and then they but they have female parts no they are completely like normal 
already male, but like adult male frog, right? Okay. And when they've been exposed to this chemical, it, the typical common case is that they'll just be infertile, right? Yeah. But in extreme cases, they actually totally transform like their anatomy. Somehow I mean, that's, that's the same. That's the same with, let's say, humans, right? Like chemical castration. So let's say, so you know, block your testosterone level and yeah. pump them full of estrogen. So you're going to start getting man boobies. So you can start getting breasts. Mm-hmm. That's an anatom- yeah. an- anatomical change. Um, you're not going to have a high sex drive anymore because your testosterone is down. Uh, I don't know, and then you know your your uh, testicles gonna atrophy, so yeah, yeah. So I mean the same thing with humans. We start chemically castrating them. <laughs> I know. So, but this is the reason. But why no. So I... that's why I'm at like. So does it? So let's say the the male frog have like a penis. Does it like? Is it gonna morph into like a vagina and like a uterus and ovaries and stuff too? Or like so when you say that, what yeah. do you mean? Is actually yeah. morphing to like ovaries and uterus and stuff. It morphs into a female anatomy, yeah, over time. As long as they're exposed, I don't know the quantity of the chemical because mm-hmm. this is like just runoff from the farms, right? Um, so like the studies have shown in extreme cases that that's what actually happens. The so prop, just just in extreme cases. Yeah, um, but that got people worried because like obviously we drink water too that's runoff from like the mountains or whatever i don't know if yeah. it might get contaminated by the chemical so that was that could explain why like there's been a uh was there a study that shows that there's a decrease in testosterone level in millennial men really yeah <laughs> that's where that's where the term soy boy come from soy boy soy boys you heard that I've always heard of soy boy. I never knew where that came from. Yeah, I'm just kidding. It's you not. Know, like, it's not just the testosterone level is low, but it's like a, you know, like that looks it's like kind of like soft and like Korean, like like K-pop kind of looks like BTS and stuff. I'm gonna get attacked by BTS Ooh. fans for this, but yeah, you're good. <laughs> I was like, but essentially, you, essentially, uh, come on, man, it. like, uh, hey, attack me if you want, but you know, that's that's the that's the style of the, of the soy boys, kind of like more effeminate. Uh, yeah. So some girls like that, you know. It's not a bad thing. You know, it's everyone has their. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Do you think you think Patty when you start dressing like that? Probably having, having low testosterone level. Probably not. Probably not. But you know, other people would like this type of stuff. So who am I to judge? <laughs> I mean, you know, you gotta know who you are, who's your targeted audience is, right? You're trying to get those who? K-pop, uh, you're trying to get those BTS <laughs> army fans, girls, and you gotta, you start dressing like BTS what? and cutting your hair like it. <laughs> my my hairstylist, I have a hairstylist. I need I need she, to find uh, your hairstylist. She only knows how to cut my hair. I have special hair. She was like, you should try the, you know try the bts style you know they're like perming their hair or like they're dyeing it like really bright colors and stuff and they're wearing like earrings and stuff i'm like what are you trying to do <laughs> i don't want to try that but i'll be working in a hospital yeah. and and i'm a 30 30 year old man <laughs> I'm not, I'm not trying to attract uh, like 14 15 year old girls here <laughs> yeah 
But I guess I took that as a compliment. She was like, she thinks I could pull it off or something. Or maybe she thinks I need to look younger. <laughs> well, maybe she still yeah. thinks you're like, you know, 16 or something. <laughs> yeah. So. Also, bro. Go ahead. St. James School of Medicine. What is this? A rip off of St. George? <laughs> what is this? So they had they paying one point two million dollars to students in refunds and debt cancellation because the FTC made them. Because who made them? The FTC, the uh, Federal Trade Commission. What? Why? What happened? So this is what the FTC said. They said St. James lures students by lying about their chances of success. The settlement, uh, the settlement agreement was with HRDS, which bills itself as providing students from non-traditional background the opportunity to pursue a medical degree in practice in the U.S. or Canada, according to the school statement. So they lure consumers with false guarantees of student success at passing a critical medical school standardized test. The U.S. Step One exam. For example, the brochure, a brochure distributed at open houses, claimed a first-time Step One pass rate of about ninety-six point eight percent. And the brochure, the brochure also claimed that Saint James is the first and only medical school to offer a USMLE Step One pass guarantee. So I went to the website and looked at what that means because I never heard of a Step One pass guarantee before. But apparently, <laughs> if you fail it, then they will pay for your. They will offer you to pay for. They will pay for your like uh like supplemental like you know, like Kaplan or like DIT training classes to help pass the step one up to five thousand dollars. That's what the guarantee means. Um, yeah. Oh. And I found out that. Um. The school also misrepresented the residency match rate as the same as American medical schools, according to the complaint. For example, the school instructed telemarketers to tell consumers that the match rate for the school students was 85% to 90%. The school stated on its website that the match rate for St. James students was 83%. In fact, the match rate for St. James students is lower than touted and lower than that reported by the U.S. Med School since 2018. Defendant's average match rate has been sixty-three percent. So, oh my God. the FTC stepped in and we're like, "You gotta get back to money for the past five years." People who went to the school, so for-profit, Caribbean med school. I feel like this could have easily been us, man. Like reading, <laughs> like going to the St. James website and reading, like the statements of like SUU, like I don't know. That's what, some shady stuff, man. That's some very shady stuff, but did they did they um advertise that they're for profit? Yeah, it's everything? not like these. Uh, everything is transparent, right? Yeah, but oh. I because I feel like, do you think the pass rate for St. George's stuff one is like ninety something percent? No, I think there's definitely. No, that's <laughs> what so I'm saying. Like this is, yeah. this is like some confounding data that they're not reporting and stuff. And so, ah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, sus, bro. 
<laughs> but yeah, you so know, the like, point I'm trying to make is like carry with masculine guys, you'll be careful. Uh probably you can go to my main YouTube channel, I'll be talking about this, but like why you should not go to SGU and why you should and like who this is for. But you be careful when you go to pro profit Caribbean Mexico. You gotta pick the top four as you use Ross's, um, mm-hmm. American University, the Caribbean, and what's the fourth one? Uh, Sa- Saba or something. Saba. But yeah. I think out all those, I drink. I think I got Ross as you. But Ross is risky because you get hit by hurricanes and <laughs> you have to end up on a cruise ship. So, but as you yeah. is the most expensive. Is most successful. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like this, I feel like this could easily be an SGU. Like everything's about it. Um, because SGU is not out, like whatever whatever result you see on the SGU webpage, is like ninety something percent pass rate for step one. I don't think it's gonna be. I don't think it's that high in in the real number. Um, mm-hmm. like ninety something percent match rate for the residencies. Again, I also don't think it's that high. You know the average for uh, US IMG was match rate this cycle mm-hmm. like sixty something percent. Really? That's US IMG, yeah. So I was like, I I when I saw when I saw that status like that stat, I was just like, well, I'm like, dude, like like for us, like my friends, like who got into residency, we like actually really really lucky and blessed. Like we wanted the sixty mm-hmm. percent who match. Versus the forty percent who didn't, so scary. Is that for like everyone who applied? Yeah, so that's for all especially. Oh wow. Yeah, so that also includes like people like uh, who soap too. Yeah, like if you because if you soap, you consider it a match. Right. Um, so yeah, like returning applicants, like people with soap and. That's across the board IMG, not just SGU. I wonder if SGU is like on the higher end. Yeah, but like, how much higher can it be? Like, like you think SG, you think it's like ninety something percent for like you think SGU is thirty something <laughs> percent more than the average. No, but like, what is the populate like? I guess what's the breakdown of all IMGs? You know, because the IMG, we have to consider like other countries too. You know. Right? Well, no. So I said US IMG is sixty percent. For, oh, oh. for all for for all IMGs, it's like fifty something. Oh wow! Yeah, it's even lower. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, like Dang, Canadians man. and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, but I feel like the the people that get tricked by these people is you can't like let this be a warning to you guys. You guys listen to this podcast like before you get do go to Korean school. Make sure you do your research real well and. I can't tell you how many times I talk to students in the island where they're like, yeah, I'm going to go to orthopedic surgery or ophthalmology or something. I'm like, I mean, you can try, but it's, it's be very tough to get in. Like you got to come into, you got to come on the island with realistic expectation. And like, unless you have really good, your father is like a PD ortho program and have really good connections. I mean, there's no way you're going to get those things like neurosurgery and stuff. Come on. Even, even U.S. schools have have trouble, like especially D.O. schools. Uh, I talked to some uh, student from Toro, and like their top, like he's literally 
of his class. It's like, I don't know, 280 like, step score. Super smart, yeah. He wasn't able to match into his top specialty. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude. If they can't do it, then the MG is just yeah. huge. It's just impossible. That's why you go into... It's good if you want to do, like, primary care or even, like, internal medicine. Yeah, the only you reason... Get chance. Yeah, you get a chance you do primary care. So, like, you go to Korean med school, you, like, don't want to waste time and you... You know, so you, I think you know that you're willing to do primary that. care. So Yeah, I think it's good for that because we actually do... We, we, are do, need, we do need primary, primary care, care. Yeah. yeah. So. And that's not bad. Right. Do you know what we? I forgot to to say this in the beginning. Uh, oh, about wait. advice. <laughs> well, Don't take anything we say as oh. you know. It's okay. I think for now I'm just gonna put like a disclaimer into the video. <laughs> And then I'd have to record like a part that we can just like an intro and outro and intro just be like yeah like don't, don't listen to anything we say so we can just like but throw that in every natural. single time. <laughs> I mean I don't want to be yeah, saying it every that. single podcast. I, I mean know. you can if you want, but just so we you know it protects us. I guess don't take any of this as advice, guys. That's <laughs> <laughs> professional advice. As professional advice. Mm-hmm. Also, like, remember when we wanted to start this podcast? We were supposed to practice something, like, in our speech or, like, use. Don't say um or like a lot. Well, I think we should start okay. doing that. Yeah, I've been listening to all the old ones. I, and I say a lot of like and okay. Like, yeah, me too. And like an okay, support. yeah, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So there's this article that talks about how match interviews should stay virtual to be more equitable. So I want to hear your thoughts on that. Wait, say that again. They want to keep the match interviews to be virtual to make it a more equitable process for everybody <laughs> i just feel like everybody thought like this was so <laughs> easy and efficient on both ends you know for the students and for the staff and faculty they're like there's no way we can go back to like the yeah. old ways again which is i i i personally think that's a good idea as someone who's gonna apply this year I think that gives me a bigger opportunity to cast my net wide yeah. everywhere across the And I can see on their side that's beneficial. They can see more applicants. Because um, before, you know, you had to, like, travel across the country, get a hotel or stay at a friend's place, Airbnb and whatnot, and then go on campus and, like, have, like, this tour, the staff, they have to like take a huge chunk of their day you know they have to work too and you know and take care of patients so then other people have to cover their shift so i think it's like a huge disruption to their 
their flow of things when it comes to interview interview season. So with this this method of interviewing, I feel like it's more adaptable and it's it's easier on both ends. I think it's good. <laughs> yeah, you really keep honest. it like this. Well, I'm like, I'm like kind of what you say because now you have to spend more time doing interviews because now you're interviewing pretty much double the amount of applicants. That it, that is true. I can see how that. Let's say when it was in person, happen. you only need to interview fifty students to fill your right. ten spots. But but, but because I feel of like... virtual interview, now you need to interview a hundred students in order to get the same ten spots to match. Right, but at the end of the 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 whole interview process, I feel like if you compare the time spent, I feel like it's still the same because the interviews. Why don't do interviews but like do you is there like 10 students on the zoom call at once right uh depending on programs but usually what do you mean like when they call all of us at once yeah yeah because you gotta remember that interviews still one-on-one in person so even if you dare you're still only getting one-on-one time with each faculty members Mm. so let's say it's 30 minutes for each session it's still one on one, thirty minute each session. You're not they're not interviewing like multiple people at once. Okay. No, I get that. I get that. But I guess what I'm trying to say is like we should have somebody who like interviewed back in the old days. In person, yeah. <laughs> in person and see like how did they do that, you know? Um did it take just as long or lo- or or longer or less? I don't know. Um But I personally yeah. Well, let me let me kind of tell you what the gist of this article means, then we can talk more about it. So essentially, just this article saying that uh, because you know there's gonna be some students who's like rich, how like this, bless you. Um, so children, so he's saying, quote, children of rich parents could attend more interviews, more widely spread interviews, and interviews scheduled closer together because they're rich and they have money to kind of you know spend on airfare and driving around and hotels and stuff. And that's gonna give the 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 legs up over a medical student who doesn't have as much money. So that's what I mean by if you make it virtual, it's gonna be equitable. Um, and I hate that term equitable because it used to be, you know, equality, but now it's equitable. So it, I, I really don't like it. You know the difference between the two terms? No, no. So when you talk about equality, you're talking about equal opportunities. So everybody has the same opportunities to do something or to get something. But when you're talking about equity, you're talking about equal outcome. So people, not necessarily equal opportunity, but pe- people are going to have the same outcome. You know, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So before it was like, oh yeah, a poor student should get, you know, still like 80% chance of getting matched into medical school as a white student. Mm-hmm. But now with equal outcome, they're saying that oh, you gotta your school gotta have at least twenty percent poor students. Mm. You don't have twenty percent poor students. That's not equitable. Oh, versus before you can have less than twenty percent of poor students, but students still have the same chance of getting in. But now they look at the outcome. They say because you don't have the same outcome, that means you're discriminating against poor students. So I, that's why I don't like about this new thing we're going for. 
anyway, yeah. So I, I don't really, I mean, this guy has a point that, yeah, I mean, you're going to be rich and you have this, oppo- this opportunity, this uh, advantage over everyone else, which is, I'm reading this book called The Unfair Advantage. Have you heard of it? So no. this actually talks about you, literally everybody has an unfair advantage that you can and should use to boost your um, life and your work and your efficiency and uh, make you successful pretty much, right? Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and a lot of people at time, like people call it unfair word, but it's not, yeah, I mean, life, life is unfair and nothing's gonna be the same in life. You, we are not all born, like just you being born in the United States is already give you a, an unfair advantage over people who are born in Vietnam, literally. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter how you poor or rich, if you're born in the United States, you're probably like better off than people who are born in Africa mm-hmm. or like uh, Burma or something, like a third world country. Like literally, you you already have access to good education, good healthcare. You mm-hmm. have access to equal opportunity. You can go to college. Like people in Vietnam can't go to college. You gotta have money for that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people drop out before high school. They can't even finish high school. They don't have money to pay for that. Right. Anyway, so unfair advantage. Um. So like you can't expect equal outcome for everybody because everybody have a different set of unfair advantage. And everyone makes choices differently. It's called free will. Right. Like okay. the reason why you have different set of outcome is because people make choices differently. Like if I have the same talent set as you, let's say like in playing the guitar and, mm-hmm. but I decide to spend an extra hour a day practicing my guitar and you decide to spend an extra hour a day playing basketball with your friend instead of practicing, mm-hmm. I'm going to get better than you at guitar and you're going to get better than me at basketball. Right. So it's not necessarily my talent that got me there, but it's just that decision I made to practice guitar more, and you'll okay, be better than me in basketball. Mm-hmm. And you can be better than me in basketball because of you spend an extra hour. Anyway, so the different outcome, you can't look at it there and be like, hey, this guy going to the same teacher for guitar. How come this guy's better? That means tennis, you know, just naturally have better talents. But that's not true. It just we make different decisions. So the point I'm trying to make is in this article is like you say that only rich kids can. You know, schedule interviews and do widely spread interviews and schedule close together. But I don't think that's true. As as medical students ourselves, like we're both pretty poor. You know, we come from immigrant family, first generation, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, we don't have like savings or anything for college. We all getting student loans. But I know I spent like five six thousand dollars draft application on two hundred fifty six application for residency because I knew how important it was. I put on my credit card. You know, I borrow loans and spend. Try to save up money from all the loans. I, I didn't eat as much, like, try to live in cheap places so I can spend money towards residency applicant process. Mm-hmm. So it would not have pulled me back if we had to do in person interview because I knew I had to prepare for that anyway. You know my point? You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I was still attending the same amount of required interviews I need to hit my 90% acceptance rate. You know, like, if I knew that I need to hit 15. Per, 15 in-person interview, I'll try to hit those numbers despite how much it costs me. So you can say this maybe for like high school or something, um, but I don't think the argument still stands because medical students understand how important it is to get into a residency. Hmm. Okay, wait, so let me see if I understand this. So the term e- equitable, right? He's coining that term for this, this scenario well, that term, as long as the 
the, the, the outcomes are equal between rich medical students and poor students, right? That's what he's saying. That this this method of interviewing will have this method of interviewing, yeah, will allow will have an, uh-huh. both rich and poor students to let's say end up with twenty interviews at the end. Yeah. But you're you're but I see you are disagreeing with that because you're saying no. I'm poor, but I still had to dish out a lot of money because that was my decision to do that because I knew that I had to dish out this much in order to get my goal of interview so I get 90% match rate, you know? So it doesn't matter if I was poor or not. Is that what, that's what you're saying? I still had to make that decision? Yeah, like... So it doesn't matter that this this method doesn't matter because if it was the other method... The old method, you would have done the same. Although I will, it would I will have spend the same, more. yeah, yeah, I will have, but it would have cost more. Do the yeah. same method and spend as much money as I need to to get the same amount of interviews. Yeah. So it's not like I'm gonna end up with less point. interviews just because it's gonna be in-person interviews. No, because you, your, your own free will, like you said, your own decision that you made. Right. You're like, I need to, I need to. It doesn't matter how much it's gonna cost me. I'm gonna do it. Yeah. But let me tell you this, but. There are other people out there that can't do that. You know, maybe they are already in too much debt. So it can be an obstacle. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So that's that's what I was gonna bring up. So I mean, that's just me. That's what I would do. But do you think other medical students, let's say who are kind of in the lower, doesn't have as much money, you think that's be a hindrance for them? I think I think so. It's like. Yeah, I think so. If it was like the old, if it was the old uh, way of interviewing and stuff, for sure, I think there is a handful of people that can't get as much interviews just because they don't have the resources. Um, but I totally agree with you. The way that he used that term is not correct. But I. Well, I my problem, my problem isn't him with him that. using that term. I just don't like how it's not just him that uses it, but it's like a lot of social, um, economic, you know, theorists and stuff is starting to turn to that term now and stuff using the word oh. term equality, which is why I don't like. I just kind of brought it. In. It's not that's not why I have a problem with him saying that. Oh, okay, yeah. But okay. no, my my problem is is what I just said. It's like I think it's just because the I don't think it would change if you make it in person because, like, how many how much how many percentage of like medical student you think is like rich with rich parents and like how do you define rich when they're when they're like middle class or high upper class so like let's say like let's say in terms of medical school tuition like if the parents pay for medical school do you think that's rich yes okay well the parents doesn't pay for the medical school is that poor or what? How are they paying it then? Through loan? Yeah. The, the kids are part or the student is paying for himself? Yeah. So yeah, then I think how, like, how, I would say that's how many low. how many percentage of medical students in on average have parents that. who pay for the full tuition? Probably not that many. I don't think that's that many. Yeah. So does that mean the rest of like the medical students are considered poor? And they 
so like just by this he's saying children of rich parents got 10 more interviews i'm like what do you mean by like how rich is rich because the majority of medical students have to borrow loans for medical school yeah i see what you're gonna say like i really want to know the data though (laughs) yeah i mean i didn't look it up but i'm pretty sure because there's no way that more than 50 percent of our class have the tuition paid for by their parents Mm. There's no way. Like that, everyone that I, met, I told you, literally, except for that guy who does cocaine and stuff. But again, that's like the extreme, right? Like everyone I yeah. met, everyone I met, every classmate I ran into, none of them have the tuition paid for. They're all paying for themselves. They all got student loans. Mm-hmm. I see what you're trying to say, but this makes it easier. I mean, I agree it's easier, but again, the, the, <laughs> this like the pros and cons of like. That's like kind of like a separate topic, but the pros and cons of like virtual was this. Some people like I I would have preferred kind of like going there to meet the staff themselves, um, and it's, it's a way for you to kind of. Well, let's talk. Let's talk from the student perspective, right? From the applicant's perspective, it's nice to get there, see what the buildings look like, see what the offices look like, see what the traffic like, see what the parking is like, see what the uh, staffs are actually like in person, actually. It, like uh, deal with the staff like so not the faculty members but the staff at the clinic and stuff or in the hospital because when you in, get interview on virtual um, you only talk to the faculty members and uh, program director you're not talking to the staff like MAs and nurses and stuff front desk people because those people are, you know, you're going to be working a lot with those people too you don't get that virtual um, so uh, yeah you have a good point yeah, just like, because this is it's totally different vibe when you're actually in the place and you get to like see the day, like talk to residents and stuff. Like this, dude, the social residence online was absolutely useless. It's a waste of time, absolutely <laughs> useless. We end up asking all the same yeah. questions anyway. Like, oh, is it free food? Is it free parking? Like, uh, resident lounge is nice or not? Like, you guys get a lounge? Like, where's the lounge at? Like, what's the call schedule? Like, this is literally the same question every time. And you just can't interact with residents that way. Um, you don't know what the round lounge look like. You don't know how miserable they are on Zoom. You know. Yeah. So this, you think you think it benefits the program more? Okay. So let's talk about the program's perspective, right? So they don't get, <laughs> yeah. they're gonna get a bunch of applicants, like usually double, good. right? And they're gonna interview a lot they of like, applicants mm-hmm. because a lot of them just kind of interview as backup they don't have the commitment because if you have in person let's say i'm applying from california to michigan and i'm actually willing to fly to michigan that's kind of a commitment right there it's kind of like set the first barrier for you to apply in the first place so if the program see you that you want to fly the interview you know you at least they know that you kind of serious about it yeah serious you're, about you're, the program yeah. and so I think that's one problem. And the second thing, like they don't really know what the applicants really like. You just slip through some crazy guy who's to be an intern. That's just not working out well with everybody on the team because they don't get to see the applicants interact with each other on Zoom. They don't know what like how socially awkward we are and you know we can actually carry a conversation or not. Mm-hmm. So it's also a negative right there. Yeah, you're missing that aspect. But I think, like, in terms of just numbers of applicants, I think that really is um, a, a huge, 
pro for the programs because programs obviously want a lot of applicants. To no, that's to not true. Program, no, 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 no. right? No, because that just make more yeah, work. Because... That just make more work for them. <laughs> It makes more like work for like them, if but... you look at statistic usually before COVID pandemic before a virtual interview, it doubles <sighs> since COVID started, right? And it's not like mm-hmm. these programs have problem matching students before. Like it's not like program who sold before, it's not soaping anymore because of COVID and because of virtual interview. All these programs are still matching people prior. Mm-hmm. I guess the only reason I'm saying that is because like all like the like the program director and, and at the hospital that I was just at they like it seems like they're always like trying to get more people to apply to their place you know they're like setting up this Instagram page and doing more social uh, what is it out uh, what's that term like they just want to have more social media <laughs> presence, and yeah. then their program can be seen as a place, you know, to go, whatever. Yeah. So I want to. I I want to think I, of I it in they terms of. More. I don't think they want more applicants. I think they want more qualified and interested mm. applicants. I mean, and the same thing too. It's gonna make their programs look better like just from personal experience like if i go to a program by patient i see their instagram's a bit updated for like a year this facebook's a bit updated they're not posting anything you know i'm probably gonna be like mm-hmm. and, the, and their website kind of look like you know doesn't look good it looks really outdated and old i'm probably gonna <laughs> yeah. be like i'm not gonna versus where if i look at a program with like up-to-date um like instagram feed with like resident live and pictures and videos i can see what it's like as, mm-hmm. and Especially during virtual interview because you don't get to be there, right? Yeah. So they really need to stuff the social media game, and I see the website is like nice and polished, uh, easy to find information. Yeah. I'm not kind of, I probably rank that place higher because I know that. Yeah. They probably have to stuff together, but I don't necessarily think it's. I mean, it's to attract applicants for one thing, but I don't think it's necessarily for but- more applicants to apply. It's more for like quality applicants yeah <laughs> i see yeah yeah but it makes sense oh boy wait so is it confirmed that's all online virtual or no no they, have, they haven't <laughs> put out anything yet oh when are you taking your yeah. stuff to july nice yeah. Yeah, man. Any tips? Oh yeah, you have a video on it, huh? Yeah, I don't remember I make a cassette video. Yeah, just you were, bro. Yeah, you, you, you're <laughs> a good, you're a good, good test taker, so you don't need to worry. Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, it's gonna be a weird oh, cycle dude, for yeah. you because you need to have like a mix of step one pass fail versus step one score. So I wonder how that's gonna, I don't know, play out. <laughs> um, experiment now, dude. It's Earth Month. Yeah. And 
you do any anything change for the earth? Did you decrease your carbon footprint? Yeah, buy a Tesla stock. <laughs> Did you see his tweet? He had a screenshot of his text messages with Bill Gates. Oh no, what does it say? <laughs> Bill Gates was like complimenting Elon about, oh, congratulations on your SpaceX. I don't know what happened. Maybe he did like landing on something. And then Elon Musk was like, oh, thanks. And then he asked him, hey, do you still have like half a billion dollars in shorted Tesla stocks? <laughs> <laughs> and Bill Gates was like, yeah, fortunately I'm still in it. <laughs> and then Bill Gates was like, do you want but I want to talk about philanthropy business and Elon Musk is like, I'm sorry, I can't do business with somebody who's shorting the only company that's trying to make an impact on like global warming and stuff. And what, I was like, what does it mean real? when he, what does it mean when he's trying to short your stock? Basically he, he's, um, when you short a stock, you're basically selling, you're selling that, that stock right so let's say tesla was at a thousand dollars um bill gates sold 500 million dollars worth of that oh so it's gonna drop tesla stock. at that price yeah because yeah because he thinks that the price will be 800 dollars or 500 dollars and then he'll buy back at 500 dollars and then he'll just profit from all of what he sold right but tesla stock is just going up but Bill Gates is still holding strong. He's like, it'll go back down. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, is it? Isn't that? Let's say. So let's say this in the case of Elon Musk on Twitter, right? If he have, mm-hmm. he he spent like one billion dollar on Twitter to buy all those stocks. The nine percent of Twitter I, I, stock. Yeah, I don't know the. So exact let's say, let's say if he sell all those and he make all those money, gains, right? So then let's say Twitter uh-huh. stock drop. Mm-hmm. And then, but because Twitter stock gonna rise still, mm-hmm. he's gonna buy back in again with all those money and make all those gains again, right? No, no, no. So Is when that... he initially bought, when he initially bought ten percent of Twitter, Twitter was only selling like maybe high twenty. Right and went, but so he bought it for like high twenties, and then it went up to like almost fifty. Right, so he basically like almost doubled his money. Yeah, so now let's already. say let's say he sell it, to make all his money. And, let's say it dropped back to yeah. twenty, and he wait until it turns yeah. to thirty. Uh huh. And he buy them all again. Yeah. He can. He can. And right? then it'll go back up. Yeah. Is isn't that called so manipulating the market? Isn't that illegal? Yeah. It's, but see how rich people can get away with it somehow. I don't know how, but they can. <laughs> <laughs> There's a method how they do it. So this is how big hedge funds do it as well. Hold on. <laughs> what she's chewing my, what she's chewing my oh. wife's bra. All right, man. Time oh. to wrap up. What's your last topic? Well, what? We're not done with the the stock thing. 
So, <laughs> but do you understand what shorting means? The yeah. other way around. I get it now. No, but Bill Bill Gates doesn't even own those stocks. What do you mean? How's he selling it? So when you short a stock, you sell you you sell shares that you don't own yet because you are saying that you'll buy back those shares later. That makes sense. How how's he selling shares that he doesn't own? I don't get it. Like he borrowed those shares from other people and then he sold it and then he'll buy back at a lower price and just give back those shares that he borrowed and then he'll just pocket whatever profit that he has. So this is the same thing with like the AMC and GameStop thing? Yeah, yeah. The whole AMC and GME because all these big hedge funds yeah, but it's, see, like I, I understand the game stuff and the AMC stuff because those hedge funds are getting money from people like us. How's Bill mm-hmm. Gates doing it by himself? Because he has a lot of money. So who's giving him money? Well, see, that's but my see. My point is, if he had all this money, why isn't he just buying the Tesla stock? How? What do you mean by he owns he, stock that he doesn't because... own? If he if he if he buys it because he believes that the stock is is supposed to be lower, it has to be lower. Why would he buy it at something high? So that's why he's selling it at that that at that value, and then buying in when it's lower. Okay, so so how is he selling it if he doesn't own the stock? So you can sell shares that you borrow from other people and then you tell them hey i'll i'll give you back those shares at so a later who, so time so who let bill gates borrow those shares it's just other shareholders so like he asked the shareholders to let him borrow it yeah it's other it's that's what the brokerage is like you can have like vanguard or fidelity and stuff yeah you yeah so there are these people that sh- that hold shares of tesla <laughs> And they'll let people borrow their shares to do whatever trade they like. But as long as they have, there's like a premium. Bill Gates has to pay like a premium. So that's why the shareholders gain something. Does that make sense? So that's how as shareholders, you can make money out of those premiums and stuff. By having people borrow your share and do whatever trading they would like. Just as long as they give you back that share. You know? Okay. So paid a big hefty premium to short Tesla 500 million dollars worth so obviously Bill Gates made money right but as long as Tesla is trading higher than the value that he sold at he's in big trouble because he's going to have to buy those shares to return those shares back to the people he borrowed right okay no so I get it, I Bill get Gates it is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So so he bought all those shares, he sells it, and then he buys in when the the when the price is yeah. lower than the share that he that he uh, borrow, and it's gonna uh-huh. go back up. He makes money, but then he can return those shares to those shareholders. But he bought it at a cheaper price, so he bought it at a cheaper price. So whatever he the difference, he just he pockets it. Gotcha. Saves. Cool, <laughs> That's just interesting. Yeah, I don't I don't have any other topics though. Um, yeah, well, I have more, but I don't know. I don't want to go too long. Well, but I'm, I'm having fun. I'm learning. 
Okay, we'll end, we'll end with this, okay? So exercise provides twice the cardiovascular benefits in anxiety and depression. So we everyone knows that all you exercise in the uh-huh. cardiovascular, you know, improvements. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the you know the minutes per week that you should get done for adults. No. So 150 minutes per week of moderate intensity aerobic physical activity. Okay, or seventy five minutes per week of vigorous intensity. Um, so hundred fifty weeks per minutes per week. That's like barely anything, like two hours, right? Two like Two and a half hours yeah. per week. Uh huh. Yeah. So you work out. That's nothing. Yeah, you work out one hour a day, like three three times a week, and you set. Yeah. That's all. All across every age. <laughs> this is all adults. Like elderly too? Yeah. Okay. Elderly too. Um, if you hire risk, then you need more than 300 minutes per week. So, what's that? Two hours. Two hours. Three hours. Wait, and... 300 minutes, so two hours. <laughs> That's three hours. So three no, and more a, than three uh, hours. Uh, no, approximately, three, hours approximately three and a half hours. Approximately three and a half hours. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you need an extra hour if you at a uh, higher ASCVD risk. Um, so that's, those are the minutes. But essentially, so the article shows that if you have depression and anxiety, um, mm-hmm. and you exercise and you hit those hundred minute, fifty, uh, two and a half hours per week, um, the cardioprotective effects is twice as high than like the typical normal people. So normal people, you have a ten percent lower risk if you um, work out, mm-hmm. and people with anxiety, depression is gonna have a twenty-two percent lower risk. So it's an interesting topic to bring up. And then let's also talk about anxiety, depression are common in patients with heart disease, and estimated to be present in fifteen to thirty percent of such patients. So usually patients with heart disease. 15 to 30% of them are going to also have anxiety and depression. So just work out and you, you, you benefit from everything. Is it is it the heart disease that gives them anxiety, depression, or is it the other way around? It's not a cause and effect thing. Uh, who knows? I mean, I was, I was like, you know, you have heart problems and I'll be depressed because I'm like, oh, I can't do stuff normally anymore or I can't walk around a block. No! Yeah, who knows? I see. So three hour, three roughly three and a half hours. For well, you have ACVD higher risk. High risk. Yeah, higher risk. You don't. Yeah. Like we don't. So we just need two and a half hours. Right. I think the caveat That's is good. like let's say you spend an hour in the gym. You're not getting continuous. Um, you're not running for the whole hour the whole time. Like, cause let's say we, we're lifting weight, mm. so maybe, like, we can't just say work out three hours in the gym every week because that maybe cut it down to 30 minutes a day, you know what I'm saying? So maybe you need to work out yeah. five, six days a week. So you have to specify, like, your heart has to be in, like, a stress, you know, yeah. high demand, strenuous exercise for a good, for, for that total to, to meet that goal, right? Three and a half hours. Yeah. <laughs> you can't just be like, oh, yeah, I was in the gym 
I was in the gym for three and a half hours this week, but like, were you working out continuously? Yeah. So I think. <laughs> or were you just sitting down? Yeah. I think. Yeah, I think that's a caveat. You gotta realize. So maybe I'll say maybe like five, six times in a week. Yeah. In the gym, unless you're doing actually doing aerobic exercise. So it's said here that shorter duration of exercises seem to be as beneficial as longer ones. So anything more than 10 minutes, so let's say you do like a... 10 minute sprint. 10 yeah, like a jog. high intensity interval training or something like, it's just as good. Um, actually, if you do high intensity interval training, then you, because it's vigorous, so you only need 75 minutes a week. So you do 20 Wait, minutes. Wait, what? Do you just do 10 minute intervals, what? So you do high intensity interval training. So let's say 20 minutes. Usually it's about 20 minutes, okay. right? That's how long it keeps your heart rate up. So you only need to do, and it's usually vigorous exercise when you do high intensity. Very tiring. Mm-hmm. So then you only need 75 minutes a week. So that means you only need to do like probably like three sessions of high intensity interval training a week for you to get the benefits. Does jogging count as that high intensity? Or just that? No, sprinting? jogging doesn't count. Yeah. So high but intensity. Sprinting. You know, you know what high intensity interval training is, right? No. So usually it's it's kind of like, um, like thirty second on, one and a half minute rest, or like two minute rest or something. So you could like go all out, like nine, ten, like ninety one hundred percent sprint for like thirty se- uh thirty seconds. Then you walk for like a minute and a half or a minute or like two minutes, mm. and you sprint for like thirty seconds. But do you count the breaks or you just count that? Yeah, you still count a break because your heart rate is still elevated at the time. It's not like your heart rate go back to resting. Like it's not gonna go back to like seventy beat per minute. So you sprint, mm. and then during a two minute walk, your heart rate is still probably elevated, like 100, 110. Wait, so a rep would be like, let's say you took a two minute break, and you only sprint thirty seconds. So that's like, a, a rep would be like two minutes and a half. Yeah. So one. So one. One rep would be two and a half minutes. Oh. But during that two and a half minutes, you're it's aerobic because your heart rate is still elevated. Right. Okay. Let's just take three minutes to yeah, keep it easier. Sure. For so let's do one so, minute sprint, two minute rest. Right. Okay. And you said if you if you do this type of exercise, seventy five minutes per week is enough. Okay. Seventy five minutes of this. So. I guess. That works. What are what are other benefits for high in what is it called high intensity interval training? Yeah, I mean I think Can you the, do that for heavy weights or no? See, like <laughs> I would consider weightlifting to be high intensity interval training, bro. Like, cause you you're going pretty strenuous when you're lifting the weight, and you get like yeah. a minute and a half break, two minutes. And you go hit those things again. So yeah, I don't know, man. I would consider it because your heart rate get up there when you when you lifting the weight, like doing heavy deadlift squats and stuff. But people don't consider it. Like I don't that? think so. I don't think people consider it. You're saying they, 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 they oh. usually consider like more like aerobic stuff, like sprinting or like um doing like uh jumping jacks, swimming. like rope stuff. Yeah, swimming, sprinting. Oh. Biking. Oh, well, pers- I personally, I would consider. It. <laughs> no, maybe not because I, I do take a lot of pretty long breaks in between, <laughs> like like sets and stuff. Yeah, 
for powerlifting. But do you think it's because it's more an isolated workout versus like sprinting? It's like a full body, or is like your oxygen demand is higher? I say for those type of I say like CrossFit stuff. I'll consider those high intensity interval trainings. Yeah, for sure. Because you do you do you continue like cycling through different exercises and you get like maybe a minute two minute break in between and then you go right back into it again. Just anything that make you feel like crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think we're getting too much into the nuance here. I, but I, I think as long as you just get out there and like be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna work out for like thirty minutes. I think we get. Right. So I think the point I was just trying to make with the 10 minute thing is just like, you know, you can break up your workout in the day, maybe walk for like 15, uh, 20 minutes in the morning, then go home and walk for like 10, 15 minutes after walking your dog or something and you get the same cardioprotective benefit as going to the gym for like 40 minutes. Right. Cool. All right. This is good. Patient education. Yeah. Anxiety and depression. Make sure you do exercise. I think yeah. that's something that points out because I, you know, I know friends and family members with like, uh, like depression and anxiety and stuff, and it's just, it's like the first thing I, I mean, I, I mean, I feel like we both been depressed for every medical student has been depressed for. Good, yeah. If they don't say that, then they're lying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we 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 all experienced it, and we know how hard it is. But it's like, you gotta do something for yourself before you start medications. And I'm not, I'm not advocating for not taking starting medications if you like really severe and you need help for anxiety and depression like take medications that's gonna help and especially if that's gonna help you off to the right foot you know it makes you feel better and motivates you get you outside but i think the best thing you can do for yourself is like what can you do for yourself you know you gotta help yourself first you know get outside walk get some vitamin d uh get your dopamine level up by exercising you know go talk to your friends um because just think about in terms of uh Let's say you want to torture somebody, right? Like interrogations, like usually with like uh, terrorists and stuff. When CIA captured them, right? What do they do? What's the, what are the tactics for torturing them? You obviously mm-hmm. can't physically hurt them because that's uh, against the 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 world's rule. So you, you 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 deprive them of sunlight. That's what they do. That's one of the tactics they do, right? They keep them in mm-hmm. a locked dark room when you're in isolation, right? Deprive mm-hmm. them of sunlight. Deprive them of exercise. Don't let them go outside. Don't let them exercise. Deprive them of uh, of water and, and uh, nutritious food, right? You deprive them of uh, isolating them so you don't let them talk to anybody. You don't let them uh, see anybody. Like literally, yeah. all these things. You, you see where I'm going with this? <laughs> yeah. Like you literally torturing yourself. You don't do any of these things. Like there's so many people who just, especially with COVID and stuff, you just stay inside all day. You don't talk to anybody. You don't meet your friends. You eat terrible food. <laughs> Right, you you barely feeding yourself. You barely drink water. You drink junk. You drink like Coca Cola and and eat junk food. Eat takeouts, right? You not exercising. Not getting out. You're not getting your dopamine level. You're not getting sunlight. You're literally doing everything you would do to torture somebody to yourself <laughs> to 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 break your. But men- you don't really to break your mental psyche. That's crazy. Yeah, like you think about it, it you're like, shoot, man, I, I like when we were in med school and we went to those times. That's what we were doing. We just lock us in our room <laughs> and just study. All day. Don't even like go out and see the sunlight or something, you know. And it's crazy. Yeah. And then it's just like a feedback loop that just gets yeah. worse. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast. 
It's called the the Happiness Podcast, and it was actually based off of a a uh, college course, I think, in Harvard, taught by professor. So she found out that two out of three of her um, students that were going into her like counseling were depressed, had anxiety, all these like mental disorders, you know. Um, and she was like, "Wait, this is crazy! Like, why they're in like the top school? All these." Students are like super smart, but why? Why do they have all these issues? So then, um, she wanted, she 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 wanted to like have this college course, so then she can teach every all the students that wanted to get out of this, you know, depression and anxiety and all this stuff, all at once. So she had this happiness course, and it was like. Essentially, like, all they had to do was do all these things. Like, okay, have time to go to the gym, you know. Have time to just walk and and have time to, like, spend with family and friends and not just studying your books all the time. It was just, like, very basic stuff that you need to do. Like, all the, the, the opposite of whatever you just said. And then, like, it was successful because of just those easy things, you know. So I just thought it was interesting. <laughs> like just the basic necessity for life that you gotta do. Yeah, and you deprive yourself yeah. of it, of course. And then you wonder, like, oh, how come like my life, my mental state is so bad? Yeah. That's why I recommend. Because, you know, you gotta do those things before you start. You know, medications. Like, you gotta ask yourself, like, am I doing all these things already? And it's you are trying, yeah. and it's not working. And yeah, maybe you need some help because sometimes people need that medications to help them first to kind of like get like a jump start. So they can start having motivation to do those things. You know what I'm saying? Maybe, but I, I but remember the medication doesn't start working until what, like a month or two months, right? Yeah, you gotta give it a month, and you're getting all the side effects in the, during the time. Yeah. So game. usually, when you start them on the medication, you start them on CBT. You you have to change their routine already. Mm-hmm. So then it's like both kind of plays a role into it. You know. Yeah. It's, so that's why people actually think that like when I oh I just took it and then I feel good already, but then actually it's not the pill. It's, it's placebo. Like the, it's the, oh, it's the workout and stuff. Yeah, it's all the workout it's stuff what, that the doctor out. told them to do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was like the misconception, the the misconception of, in, in in the first place when this pill came out, you know. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So. All right, man. Cool, man. Let's nice wrap it up. Yeah. Yeah. So we officially an, we officially an yeah. Apple Podcast. All the episodes are on there right now. I'm gonna try to get working on Spotify. Um, really? Google Play too. I think we're gonna be on Google Podcast also. So. Awesome! Thank yeah. you. Make sure you guys go and uh, review, get five stars on the Apple uh, Podcast Store. Yeah, help us out. Give us some reviews. Give us some comments. Give us some feedback. We always like some immediate feedback. Um, and I will not be afraid to send this link to <laughs> to people now. Yeah, be proud when you do, bro. Be proud. All right. Cool. All right. See you guys next Until time. Next time. Bye bye.